Welcome to this episode of the Life After Life podcast, Finding the Path from Grief to Peace, with me, your host, Christine Marie. I hope this episode provides some support and understanding for you in your journey. There is more information at the end of the episode to support you on your path. I hope this brings you much healing, light, and blessings. Hi, this is Christine Marie, and I'm here talking about life after life, finding the journey from grief to peace. In 2012, my son passed, and I have been on this grief journey ever since. And in the process, I have been graced to find peace, and I'm hoping so much to help anyone on their journey find their peace. So today we're going to talk about remembering. Remembering, in hypnotherapy, it would be considered a little bit about reframing beliefs. And don't worry, I'm not going to hypnotize you. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. All we're doing is having a conversation. But I like to stretch the mind, meaning the thought process. Because, I mean, how often do you find yourself in the same thought process? And I know... I'll share a story with you about um, one thought process that my son, Brendan, brought to my attention. I was waking up, and I started to replay the day I got the phone call that he had passed. And as you can imagine, that was probably not, if not only the worst phone call I could have ever received, and the pain and the trauma that went along with that naturally And so I'm beginning to wake up, and I hear, Ma, Ma, what are you doing? Why are you going back to that day? Why do you keep thinking of that? You're just traumatizing yourself over and over and over. Face forward, Ma. Stop revisiting that. You don't need that trauma again. And it really made me had to, you know, really think about, well, yeah, uh, every time I think about that, I'm just creating more pain. And, you know, the brain is so interesting. As a neurolinguistic practitioner and a, and a clinical hypnotherapist, I can tell you that the brain really does some really interesting things. And so the, the good thing is the brain is brilliant. I mean, we don't have to think about half of what we do. Whenever I talk with a client, I would say, okay, so you know how they say we only use 5% of our minds? Well, yeah, that's true, but the other 95% is being run by unconscious, and, you know, you don't have to make your heart beat, you don't have to make your cells divide, it just all kind of happens naturally. So, um, when we think about our beliefs, they're there, and we're going to talk about deep beliefs on on another session, but, you know, once we start to think something, it just takes two or three times and the brain goes, oh, I got this, don't worry about it, I don't have to keep doing it. I don't have to keep doing it consciously. And so some of the processing going from grief to peace is actually the path of mindfulness. Our thoughts are constantly firing off. And I ask clients, I I ask them, would you let a bunch of two-year-olds run around in your house? And most people say no. I have a few clients that go, well, maybe. (laughs) But most people go, no. And I say, why? And they say, well, because, you know, they can get hurt. They can wreak havoc. They'll break stuff. 
And so what if your thoughts were like a bunch of two-year-olds? And that's not just you. I'm saying in general, thoughts are just firing off. They're just a mechanism of the brain because that's what the brain was built to do. It was built to think. You know, like in meditation, they say clear the mind. Uh Uh-uh. Your mind was never meant to be cleared like that. So, you know, understanding that your brain is firing off all these thoughts. However, you as the witness, you as the observer, you do not have to give your power to that thought. Now, this might sound really weird to somebody listening, and it depends on where you are in your journey. If you're four days out, you know what, come back in a month, come back in two months, come back in three months. This is, you know, that part of the journey is the trauma. And and I'll never forget, like three months after, I didn't know where all the pain came from. I was like, because I wasn't feeling it at first, because our bodies will throw us into trauma mode, and we're in we're trauma mode. We're not in feeling mode. And so just know that it's just as you go forward after trauma mode, after getting back into life, where does your mind take you? And so why I call today remembering is because I think when we have thoughts that take us down deep rabbit holes, then we can have the understanding that it was the thought that took us there. And that we do have some power when we observe the thought not to go in that direction. And that's a really odd concept No, we cannot change the fact that our loved one has gone forward. And part of that process is the accepting process. And again, that brings us back to the five stages of grief. Again, uh, I don't ascribe to this, you have to go through the five stages of grief. I think grief is a journey. And I talked pretty extensively in that in the previous podcast. Grief is a journey, it's personal. It's personal down to how you and your loved one were even connected. And so you can have two people in the family who are grieving and they're not grieving the same way and that's okay because it's personal. But what can happen along the journey is because of the way the brain works, the brain hooks on to an idea and then it becomes this place that you continue to create every day, the story you continue to tell yourself. And so I want to ask you, and this is in all respect and very delicately, I want you to think about your loved one. And I want you to think what they would want you to be thinking about. Would you think that your loved one wants you to be thinking about their death and only focused on that last part of their process? Or are there other parts to them that you can set your mind to focus on? Remember I said the mind needs to have something to focus on. It needs something. It's not meant to be emptied. And so what can happen very easily is the brain can get in this snare of replaying, replaying the trauma over and over, replaying the recording, my loved one's dead, my loved one's gone, my loved one's passed. And so at the end of the day, while all of that is inherently true, what is replaying those things in your mind gaining you? 
In hypnotherapy, we talk about beliefs, thoughts, and emotions. And so, odd thing, but you know, five, uh, 50% of your belief systems were in place by the time you were five, and 95% were in place by the time you're 18. And most people really never go back and evaluate their belief systems. Many people just took the belief systems in. Another little fact is, but by you know, between the ages of zero and ten, most children are in that hypnotic stage. They're they're just taking stuff in. They're not questioning. There's no reasoning. They're just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. And so, even thoughts about death, even thoughts about, and that can lead down to where do we go when we die. And I never like to get into that conversation because that always opens up that religious concept and I don't think that having conversations about religious differences are productive. You have your beliefs. I respect them. And I don't ever like to cross that line. So this may stretch you a little bit on your belief system. This is never meant to insult you. Uh, Again, going back to Albert Einstein's concept, going outside the box. So I think about if Humans are 99.9999% energy, which we talked about the last time. Then the law of thermodynamics says that energy can't be destroyed. And so simply based on that scientific fact is why I believe that Brendan goes on. How he goes on, don't know. Don't have no for sure, let's put it that way. I don't have any pre-convicted belief systems. And something Brendan always used to say, think for yourself. And so as your beliefs come up about things, it's always interesting to say, well, is that my belief or was that the belief of another? And I just adopted that belief as mine. And so in this journey, as we talk about life after life, in this journey from grief to peace, the the what if game becomes the key to the door. We can stay behind that door in that dark room in that sad place for a very, very long time. And I can tell you for a fact, I know for me, Brennan would have been so sad. He would have never wanted that for my life. And life is a gift. Life is a gift. It is just meant to be celebrated. And we forget that. There's so much that bogs us down. And we live in a very, very difficult time, a very precarious time. And so we're very challenged as souls here on earth. And so when I talk about the soul, what if we are souls here having a human journey? What if we're souls here learning lessons to expand as souls? What if our souls came here to say, well, I want to have this lesson and I want to have that lesson and I need to have this lesson because if I get all these lessons, then I'm expanding into a larger, more loving soul. There are some great books that talk about this kind of concept. One of the first things I did after Brennan passed, well, I've always been a reader, always, 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 always. I used to read a lot about spiritual stuff and and about angels. But after Brennan passed, I started reading especially different books about those who could talk to the other side. I found that fascinating. And I also um, got introduced to the concept of past lives, which past lives would mean Brennan's not gone. He's just gone on to where it doesn't matter, but he's gone on. He's not gone. And that was very comforting for me because the thought that, 
well, if he's not gone and he's just gone on, maybe somehow I can reconnect with him in some way. Brian L. Weiss, he wrote Many Lives, Many Masters amongst many, many, many books. And Brian L. Weiss, board-certified psychiatrist, did you know your typical psychiatry work. And in his book, he describes how he was working with a woman. And he accidentally discovered past life in, in a regression. It's a great book. It's a great intro to the concept. And it's from a very trusted source. And I've met Brian L. Weiss at a Hay House conference. He has probably got one of the most softest souls I have ever encountered. Very, very soft. And that book helped me so much because it gave me hope. When we don't have hope, we are hopeless. And when we're hopeless, we can stay in a very low state. In my book, Soul Truths, I talk about the map of consciousness and the different um, energy that emotion puts in us. As a hypnotherapist, I know emotion is energy in motion. And so as energy moves through us, emotion runs through us. And so when we look at grief, grief is at like 75 And that's 75 hertz. And by the way, the map of consciousness is from Dr. David Hawkins. He documented a 20-year study where they measured using kinesiology how emotion runs through the muscles and how that either empowers or disempowers us. And so when we think about hopeless, we think about being in grief. And grief is 75 hertz. And when we think about courage, courage was measured at 200 hertz. Acceptance was measured at 350 hertz, and that's 350 to the 10th power. So there's a lot more energy running through me that helps me be in a different state of mind. We create our states of mind. Whatever our thoughts are thinking is how we're feeling. Remember, beliefs create thoughts, thoughts create feelings, feelings create experiences. So when we're talking about our beliefs, we talk about where our beliefs lead to our thoughts, and then we talk about where our thoughts lead to our feelings, where are your feelings leading you to. And so that book, Many Lives, Many Masters, is such a wonderful hope springing book to just go a little bit outside the box. We talk a lot about going outside the box, going outside the box of grief, going outside the box to what if. And and Michael Newton, he's another author I've read. Now, this is a little bit more uh, in-depth. It's a little bit more on a deeper concept. His book, one of his books, Journey of Souls. And um, even I, who very much accepted this as I was training in my hypnotherapy uh, practice, I would be listening to this and I'd be like, uh, really? Really? And what it is, it's a compilation of different past life regression, life between life work. And it's kind of interesting as you listen to these stories of other therapists that talk about um, what happens in, in some of these past life sessions. It's, it's mind blowing. And what's great about it, whether we can say it's true or not, because I don't think we can emphatically say, well, this is truth. This is not, that's a belief system too. It opens the idea to maybe Maybe my loved one really is there. Maybe my loved one really has gone on. I just got to figure out how to reconnect. Another really great book I I love to recommend is by Elisa Midhus. She wrote My Son in the Afterlife, Channeling Eric. And she basically um, 
you know, her son committed suicide. And she just, after coming out of that cloud of grief in that those first couple months, she just, like me, could never accept that her son was gone. And she sought after how to, you know, channel him. And she met some people that channels Eric for her. And it's it's a wonderful thing. And so how did that impact my journey? It really impacted me to believe that my son really was there. And I started asking for signs. And I would get heart clouds, I would get well, dragonflies, I'll tell you the story in another time. But dragonflies, I mean, I've gotten some of the most amazing signs, even the book, Soul Truths, the cover, is an image that I'd gotten from Brendan when I asked, should I write that book? Is it really something I should do? I need a sign because I don't want to really spend time on something I shouldn't be doing. And 45 minutes later, I got that beautiful rainbow stepping out of Best Buy. What I didn't see until about six days later was the face in that photograph. Just look for the lips. Most people can find the face. So what does that mean when we talk about remembering? So we have forgotten, we run around in these bodies, we run around in this world that is totally run by creating fear for humans. I can't tell you how much your power is being taken away by fear. And that fear, when we're in fear, we're not, we're not in empowerment. And so what's causing you fear is taking away your power. And grief takes away your power. Believe it or not, grief is 75 hertz running through your body. Fear is 100 hertz, so you got a little bit more power and fear. And anger is 150. So a lot of people will jump to anger because they have even more power. And so when you see somebody being angry, a lot of times that's an expression of deeper sadness that they just have more power in their body. Um, it's a great book, Power Versus Force. Mm, that would be Dr. David Hawkins. I do feel that the information is a little dated. He says people can't move in between states. I actually don't really believe that to be true, as I think information is dynamic. And as our world moves forward, information outdates and things move forward. So um, I just really feel that as we remember that we're energy, and where is that energy coming from? Well, in Michael Newton's book, he talks about the oversoul theory. And the oversoul puts a certain amount of energy into the body. And that's how we experience life. And so what if I am a soul having an experience as Christine? How does that change that? And, and I'll give you one more really interesting thing to think about today. We never walk around and say, I am a headache. I am a headache. But we do walk around and go, oh my gosh, I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. And I believe the words, I am, give our power away. What if, I love the what if game, what if we could just say, well, I'm feeling sad. And recognize that that sadness is actually living somewhere in your body because your unconscious mind stores your feelings in your body. What if we could uncover what that sadness really was and how we could maybe tune into that sadness and raise it to a higher vibration. And in a sense, that's actually what we do when we tune in and recognize our loved ones really do go on. The lower we vibrate, the harder it is to connect with them. So I made it sort of my mission on this journey. I've got to vibrate higher because I never wanted to be disconnected from him. I never wanted to be disconnected from Brennan. And I, I hear Brennan all the time. I 
know some people probably think I'm out of my mind and crazy, but um, I have other people confirming stuff for me. So like we always say in these circles, you can't make this stuff up. It's just a matter of being open to it. And I know when I decided to write the book, A, I didn't write it alone. It was pretty much channeled. I mean, directed and channeled from my own experience. But it was like a standing ovation, like, yes, please tell my loved one. Please tell them I'm right here. Ask for a sign. I'll show you. I will show you if you just ask and just open your eyes to see. And I will tell you they come through and your loved one is there no matter what. And so it is on this journey going from grief to peace that you can reconnect in a very different way to your loved one. And I'm going to close today with a really interesting story. A couple of months ago, I don't re- really remember how long, the supermoon was going to be closest to the earth. And I was so excited. Supermoon wasn't going to be around for another 65 years. And so I was all set to go out, see the moon in the morning when it was going to be closest to the earth. And I got in my car and it was all cloudy and I'm driving and I'm like, wow, I'm not going to see the moon And I heard a voice in my head say, the moon is there. Just because you can't see it with your eyes doesn't mean it's not there. And so I'd really like you to think about that with your loved one. Remembering that energy cannot be destroyed. And so on your journey today, I invite you, ask your loved one for a sign. Know that they're in your heart and you're in theirs. And even listening to this podcast, chances are they led you here. And so as you journey from your grief into pure peace, I wish you peace. Om Shanti. I, the soul, am peaceful. Namaste. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you found some comfort in this episode. For more information on the Life After Life podcast and me, Christine Marie, please visit my website at www.christinemariespeaks.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and join us for the next episode of Life After Life. Wishing you much peace on your journey.